0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Power to the Pod here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, and the director of scouting at theDraftNetwork.com. And today is your show. It's Power to the Pod. I put. Our topics, our questions, everything is in your hands today. It's my favorite episode of the week. I never enjoy losing, but I always enjoy hearing all of your perspectives on the heels of a loss. So let's get this thing. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We did have a bit of administrative news that did trickle in uh, yesterday afternoon. And uh, it's relevant for sure for the Dolphins. They're going to have to uh, pivot here based on the news that came through yesterday afternoon, courtesy of Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. The Miami Dolphins learned yesterday that they would at least temporarily be losing yet another starter for this 2020 season, announcing that starting offensive lineman Jesse Davis was going on the reserve COVID-19 list. Davis's designation on the COVID list, in addition to a lingering foot issue for offensive guard Solomon Kinley leaves the Dolphins with potentially their first precarious dip into the rest of their depth along the offensive line, presumably pegging Michael Dieter to start inside at right guard alongside rookie offensive tackle Robert Hunt. Given some of the Dolphins' struggles offensively, uh, a a shuffling of the deck may not be the worst possible thing in the face of the planet. Now, of course, you Never want it to be on the terms of the COVID list or uh, somebody getting sick, and we obviously hope Jesse uh, rebounds quickly and is back and available to the team sooner rather than later with with no ill effects of his brush with COVID. Now, Christian Wilkins has been been out two almost two full weeks now. Uh, he's missed two games due to COVID, and um, you no, know, this if you follow the. Um, trajectory of some of the assistant coaches who we saw start to be impacted ahead of the Arizona game, Christian could be back this week. Brian Flores doesn't like putting timetables on things, and and we probably shouldn't either. Uh, We should just let it play its course. But obviously hoping the best for uh, Christian, Jesse, anybody else who has close brushes with uh, this virus as well. Now, that being said, Jesse is not a lock to miss the game at this point in time. We don't know if he tested positive. We don't know if he was contract tracing. And if he was contact tracing, we saw Kyle Van Noy uh, put on this list Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and then clear the protocols to play the game. So we found out on Monday, the league policy is that you're required, effectively, a five-day blackout from whenever you come in close contact with the virus to make sure you don't have it um Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If he clears protocols and he's not a positive case himself, yeah, you could be looking at Jesse Davis being available for the Dolphins against the Jets on Sunday. So that's the good news. We'll have to find out. But this is another example of we're into what week 12. And we've had six or seven offensive linemen, if you're you're willing to count Adam Pankey as an extra tight end on their heavy sets. And between Jesse Davis, Robert Hunt, and Solomon Kinley, the kind of musical chairs that we've seen played, and then obviously when Austin Jackson went on IR. I don't think getting Michael Dieter a little bit of action would be the worst thing in the world, to be honest with you. Um, he was obviously very green with his technique, last year and some of that you know might be it might have been a byproduct of all of the cross training that he was exposed to at wisconsin where he had to play tackle guard and center but Dieter, i think i would feel a lot worse about hey you're gonna lose a utility style starter on the offensive line if the dolphins didn't have a third round pick in Dieter. Effectively, as your your seventh offensive lineman in year two, we haven't seen him in almost a year other than special teams, invested the heavy amounts of draft capital that they did into the offensive line, and that gets into uh, the, the value of investing in core positions on your team and building a team, and that was... Um, That came up on the timeline yesterday. You know, obviously the Dolphins lose. Everybody's frustrated, and rightfully so. Uh, Maybe not all of us taking it out in the most healthy of ways uh, to fellow Dolphins fans on the timeline, but that's okay. Just be nice to people, guys. Um, But some of the the conversation about, man, like this offense stinks and nobody gets any separation and... Why did we waste the 30th pick on Noah Benogany if you were just, you know, if you had all these corners. And the example of what you saw in the secondary when Byron Jones went down, the example of what we're seeing now on the offensive line with potentially Kinley Hurt and Jesse Davis on reserve COVID. This is why you invest in these position groups. Because you want to First of all, you want to have an embarrassment of riches everywhere. And if the Dolphins are going to decide, hey, we will not get the embarrassment of riches everywhere that we should ideally have if we're going to be a Super Bowl contender, let's start in the trenches, and let's start in the secondary because that's where our identity is going to lie on the defensive side of the ball. Think about the the Dolphins lost Devon Godshall, And they're currently without Christian Wilkins. Wilkins' absence showed up against the Broncos. There's little doubt in my mind. Uh, But the game before that against the Chargers, the Dolphins were without two of their pegged three starting interior defensive linemen at the start of the season. And the defense played well! Because you invest in positions. You don't just check a box all the way across the board. That offense, man, it's it's going to be the root of a lot of questions and power to the pot. I can feel it. I just know it because I pulled some numbers. Made the mistake, I should say, of pulling some numbers and taking a look. And what would you do if I told you the Miami Dolphins quarterbacks have the second and fourth most high frequency of aggressive pass attempts in the NFL this season. Aggressiveness as defined by next-gen stats. Tracks the amount of passing attempts a quarterback makes that are into tight coverage, where there is a defender within one yard or less of the receiver at the time of completion or incompletion. Metric is shown as a percent of attempts into tight windows over all passing attempts. Mitchell Trubisky, 31%. Tua Tungabailoa, second in the NFL amongst qualifying passers. 28%. 6.8%. Joe Burrow is third, 21.5%. Ryan Fitzpatrick, fourth, with 20.9%. So it doesn't matter who is playing quarterback, nobody's getting open. No separation. And we've talked about it on the show. The kinds of athletes the Dolphins have in their skill group. And guess what? You extend it to separation on their targets. Devontae Parker averages 1.9 yards of separation per target. Mike Iseki averages 1.9 yards of separation per target. There are only two players in the entirety of the NFL with worse separation numbers per target than that. A.J. Green and Kenny Galladay. They are two of the four, between all those names I just mentioned, NFL players in the entirety of the NFL who averaged less than two yards of separation per target. Oh, by the way, Preston Williams, seventh worst receiver in the NFL in separation per target at 2.2. Nobody gets open. So when we talk about potentially drafting a running back, if that's what they want their wide receiver room to look like, then get ready for a lot of stuff underneath of the back, out of the backfield and passing game, which we saw with Miles Gaskin. Today's episode is brought to you by Axon Taser. Whenever you're away from home taking a family road trip or getting some outdoor adventures, you need to plan for the safety of you and your family. Taser gives you the tools you need to protect yourself safely. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse. And yet they are still nonetheless powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as as much as your attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send a response team to your GPS location upon firing. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. You can get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL to save 15%. That's taser.com, promo code NFL to save 15%. T-A-S-E-R.com. Restrictions apply. Please see the site for details. iTunes Reviews ton. We have one from Steph Boyardini. <laughs> Concerned about Mike. I mentioned you, to you on Twitter, yes, I saw you You shot me a DM with this, uh, so I'm glad you you submitted this here. Really interested in your take. On Wednesday's pod of last week, you mentioned how Mike Iseki does not come back towards the football. My concern is that he does not take football seriously enough watching him on the sidelines and his mic'd up appearances. I don't think he's paying attention to the games. Going back to the ball is something you learn as a kid. The fact that he's a professional athlete and hasn't figured that out, he should do that, worries me a lot. Um, I, I think the, the way professional athletes uh, conduct themselves on the sideline, if you watch any individual throughout the course of the game, it might surprise you to the, I don't want to say level of casualness or level of composure, but... It's not like high school ball, right? Where everybody's standing up on the sideline and you're all staring and glaring at the action on the field. And, um, Steph, I I don't think there's any concern about taking football seriously enough. I do think there are some uh, concerns about his usage and, and the Dolphins effectively using him as a wide receiver and uh, not getting any separation on any of the routes that he's running. Uh, I think is... I don't think it's a coincidence that when he runs the shallow post or long slant or whatever you want to call it over the middle of the field against the Chargers, against middle of the field open coverage, and he's lined up in line, he has some success. Now, I don't want Gusecki's hand in the dirt running a, a ton of blocking reps. He gets his butt handed to him when he tries to block in line. He's just not built for that. But... Miami's used him a lot in tight splits, running outbreaking routes, isolated on one side of the screen. And he's not threat. He's not threatening anybody vertically at all. And as a result they sit on his routes, they sit on his breaks and he leaves himself no margin for error and then you've got to be a stud at the catch point. So that, that's a conversation I think is worth tabling for now, but definitely something to watch. You know, Mike, he runs these deep corner routes, he runs this Y cross, uh, he, he runs you know, out routes when he's isolated in tight splits. That's effectively a lot of, of what Mike does, and they've started running these kind of sit routes where he sits down almost like a snag. That's the majority of his routes right now. I don't know what the entirety of his route tree for the season looks like. I'm sure next gen stats has something like that, but uh a lot of crossing patterns. He's he's ideally a guy that you would get running up the scene and find the ball quickly in holes in zone coverage between the second and third level of the defense. Dolphins really don't attack you in that way. So that's something worth monitoring for sure. Enjoyed this one from Davo Black. Uh, do you see the Dolphins in the upcoming off addressing positions of need in the same manner as we did last off season where you have often said we have invested as opposed to addressed position groups, such as the secondary. Do you see us doing the same thing at wide receiver or were those investments more of a reflection of who we value on our team as opposed to the style upgrading position groups? So I think it's probably going to be a little blend of both, to be honest with you. Like, I think you'll see continued investments into some of the position groups that, that we may have felt Miami was potentially done at Um, obviously with the, the Jordan Howard signing and trading for Matt Brita and none of those really moving the needle for the dolphins. um, I know Savannah Ahmed has, has done a great job since stepping in for the dolphins, but I wouldn't, peg him to be the long-term answer at running back. And running back was was a position that we invested in because we wanted to fix the running game. We didn't fix the running game. So you got to come back to the well. And that's part of the importance of why Miami has so much volume of draft picks is to have continued flexibility to take information as you get it and pivot and continue to tweak even when you have invested in a position. We may see them invest on the interior offensive line again, whether it is at center or potentially at the guard spot again. I don't think we'll see them invest high in a tackle because you have your two rookies and you have Jesse Davis, who they like much more than I do, but they like Jesse Davis. So I would say interior offensive line was an area they invested in that you will prob- potentially see them invest in or address, again, the running back position they invested in, I think they will address, again, the the wide receiver position. Um, I think they invest there this offseason. I think you have to look real hard in the mirror and be honest with what style of offense you want to play versus the style of players that you have. And there's going to be some hard decisions made, and that's, that is the volatility of uh not having continuity in the league from year to year to year. That's just a byproduct of this this business. Is how many guys end up, end up truly being lifers, right? And I'm not saying we need to get rid of Devonte Parker or anything. Devontae's still a stud. We're working on the timing between Tua and Devontae, but you need complementary players that bring different things to the table than what Devontae has instead of a bunch of guys who rely on their size and win the catch point, especially when you are such a quick trigger passing offense. So Davo, yeah, I think they will invest in the wide receiver position. I think they will address into your offensive line. I think they will address the running back position, I think they will address uh the linebacker position. What they have uh for true off ball linebackers, not the Kyle Van Noyes and Andrew Van Gingles, but like the Elan and Roberts and Gruge Hills of the world, that spot needs to be better. I think they they may very well address Nickel Corner and challenge Nick Needham. I think they may address into your defensive line to draft somebody to replace Devon Godchow. Part of the part of the appeal of this style of doing business is flexibility. So yeah, I, I would say I wouldn't marry us to doing anything in one way, shape, or form. Uh but with that being said, I do think you will see Miami come back to the well on some positions that they invested in. This past offseason. I do think you'll see that. Twitter questions, Ton Toto. This week seems really negative. Yeah. We all expected to win. Yeah. And those hurt a lot, as we haven't experienced that in a long time. Yeah. I remember the Super Bowl Marino lost as devastating for the same reasons. So on a positive, what three things have you excited for this year and beyond? I'm excited for Miami's next litmus test in the the final four games of the season. I would like to think the Dolphins are going to meet the expectations we have set for them over the course of the next two weeks playing two bad football teams in the winless Jets and the two-win Bengals. If that happens and they get to 8-4, and can you steal one out of the two? Or or what can you do with that four-game sample size? Can you go 3 and 1 in that stretch and win the division cuz that's what it will take. Can you go 2 and 2 and give yourself as good of a possible chance as you can dream of to get a wild card spot? If you finish with 9 wins this year in the AFC, you're probably missing the playoffs. You'll probably miss the playoffs. So, if you get to 8 and 4, you can't go 1 and 3 and expect to win the playoffs. So the playoffs for Miami, you want to call it double elimination. The playoffs for Miami effectively start against the Chiefs. You got to earn your way in, and you got to earn your way in by winning. So consider it like a four-game round robin amidst what the rest of the AFC wild card hopefuls between whoever's not going to win the division between the Titans and the Colts, the Browns, the Ravens, etc. The Raiders who the Dolphins play. Yeah, why don't you say the playoffs start there? Playoffs start against the Raiders week 16. We here at the Locked On Network have been big time proponents of the Built brand, and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take, it comes in a one and a half ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever, and it's always ready to go. When you are, it's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system. Beta-alanine, B3, honey, caffeine. And it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. I'm excited for that gauntlet to see how they do. And as long as Miami hits point this season in which they have a winning record I was never going to expect them to win a playoff game this year so if you hit a winning record which before the season I forecasted 9-7 and seven, if they hit that mark and Tua looks good I'm going to be excited about it numbers guy the NFL like most sports is that one week a team can look like a champ, and the next look like a chump. What area improvement against the Jets gets us believing they are champs again? I don't... Overachieving for this team is AFC champs, right? So I'm going to operate in the assumption that's what you're saying. Because I don't think the Dolphins are championship-caliber team this year. They can win the division. If they catch lightning in a bottle. They are going to have to handle... Stunts much, much better. How do the Dolphins handle Greg Williams, who's undoubtedly super aggressive as a defensive play caller. He's probably going to Xerox a bunch of the shit that Vic Fangio put against Miami on film last week. How does the offensive lineman figure out how to handle all that chaos up front? Because if they blitz and they bring extra bodies and they play stunt games and you catch them with a screen behind it, or you block it up perfectly and you hit them over the top, they're going to stop doing it. So you gotta, you got to pop those looks early and get them out of it. That's what I'm most excited to see, what the Dolphins do this year. Kevin, how concerned are you with our rushing defense? We've gotten out of some quick leads lately, and I think this masks some serious deficiencies defending the outside run. 29th in the league in yards per carry allowed. Um, yeah, linebacker flow is a problem. Elena Roberts is really good coming downhill, just like Raquan McMillan, and he's more explosive than Raquan. Neither one of them can defend the pass with with effectiveness, but scraping over top and seeing it and, and getting fit up, yeah, it needs to be better. And uh, I know somebody had asked further down here about Kyle Van Noy and and if he's not doing his job. I don't think I think Kyle Van Noy is as far from the problem with Miami's defense as possible. Kyle Van Noy stood up on the outside line of scrimmage, taking on pulling guards. He is setting that edge and funneling that run to come back inside the pull and turn up the field. Whoever is scraping behind from the second level and trailing and tailing the ball carrier, you have to find the hole. You have to be able to scrape over the top and fit that ball carrier up in the gap. If you're the play side, last man on the line of scrimmage, and you're sticking your shoulder into the breastplate, of it, pulling offensive guard, and you fit it up or you squeeze it down, you know, could you maybe say, hey, in a perfect world, from an X and O's perspective, you should condense that down a little bit more and force the ball carrier to bounce, and then he has his outside arm free and he can make the play? Technically, yeah, but that's... The issues for Miami's run defense really linger in... Needing more dynamic, versatile play from their linebacker group because Jerome's really good in space. We knew that. Grugier Hill is more of a coverage guy, he's a former safety. Elandon Roberts, if it's in the A gaps, he's going to kill it. If it's in the B gaps, he's got a pretty good chance, especially if he's to that side. But you get Elandon Roberts running side to side and you start losing your fits, and especially against the Broncos. Missing Christian Wilkins' heart. So, I think there's a number of things at work here, uh, but that middle linebacker spot, and Rayquan McMillan wasn't going to be the player that was going to prevent this from being an issue this year. Alejo, why do we keep using delayed run schemes or counter when our offensive line can't hold blocks? Um, you got to try to sucker him out of position because if you go mano mano and big on big... They're going to shuck you and tackle you for three-yard gains. So uh, Miami, they've done some nice things with the pulling guards as far as influence and pass protection and play-action passing and misdirection. There's been a lot of runs where it's felt like the Dolphins have just been one block away, a lot of times on the backside of the play, from consistently breaking off some big gains. One thing they do need to figure out, is when they run jet motion and the linebackers bump, it changes the calls late and not everybody's on the same page. You got two guys blocking the same guy because the linebackers moved and one guy sees it, but the other guy doesn't. There's a lot. There's a lot of little things that add up, just like the run defense. Uh, But on the offensive line, physically, I think they're talented enough to get the job done. But they gotta get their calls right. They gotta start seeing it through the same page. And that just comes, unfortunately, with time and reps. And as the Dolphins try to potentially make the playoffs this year, they're on the clock. They gotta figure it out. Uh Caitlin. What's up, Caitlin? Humor me. How different does this offense look if Jarvis Landry had stayed in Miami? Is it too late? Anybody have the time stone lying around? We can go back and make this happen. I love Chews. <laughs> he is such a dog here. Um, yes, so he would be the perfect from an attitude perspective, a route running perspective, a hands perspective. He's not super dynamic. He wouldn't really fix the issues with explosive plays after the catch. But he would be Perfect in the slot in this offense. He would be so good. Which, just another reason to hate Adam Gase, right? Jack, you are the Dolphins' head coach this week. Seeing the Broncos approach this copycat league, what are the two to four things you would do to improve our run defense, to get better coverage from our nickel, to give our QB more protection and the slow opposing pass rush? Ooh. Um I would probably try to hit, I mentioned it earlier, the first time I get third and eight and I know you're you're sending the house and you're you're playing stunt game. I'm doing one of two things. I'm either gonna try to hit a little wide receiver tunnel screen coming into the middle of the field behind it. Or I'm going to full slide protect. Slide protect is everybody steps left or everybody steps right. And whoever the unaccounted player for is in that protection, if everybody slides away and the end man on the line of scrimmage, opposite of that comes, I know I got to throw hop behind it. So I'm running like double slam behind it. Something simple to which I can process if they're trying to trap me behind it in coverage and I'm getting the ball out. But I think playing straight man protection or half slide or no, like make it simple. Keep the protection simple. If they're going to blitz us to the left, everybody step left. We're going to throw hot to the right. That's how I would adjust on that front. We got a couple more questions that I would like to tackle, uh, but I'm going to tackle them on Thursday on our Thanksgiving special. So, Uh, If you left additional questions, I appreciate you. I appreciate you tuning in to Locked on Dolphins, checking us out today. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. We're going to go through the offensive tape and chart it up today. God bless it. And uh, tomorrow we will be back. Crossover Locked on Jets is on the table this week as well. Plenty of good action ahead of Jets Week 2.0 2020. So make sure you hit subscribe, keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, and I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.